Hello and welcome to another episode of Goodness of Alive. Today we're talking to the spa doctor, Dr. Trevor Cates, and we'll be diving into the topic of skin and what are the hidden root causes that might be stopping you from having the skin you've always wanted. Let's dive in. Dr. Trevor Cates, it's wonderful to be with you today talking all things skin. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. It's great to be here with you. (laughs) Awesome. So you're known as the spa doctor. You've written a book, Clean Skin from Within. I'm curious, how did you get introduced to the world of skincare and why has it become a passion for you? Yes, of course. Um, Well, you know, it actually goes way back to my childhood. I had a lot of health issues that showed up on my skin as these itchy rashes, mysterious bumps that would appear at eczema and hives and a lot of just allergic symptoms. And my parents took me to see a lot of different practitioners, different health health care providers, and everything that they put me on and the different medications that had adverse reactions or allergic reactions to them. And I remember feeling not only itchy all the time and physically uncomfortable, but also how embarrassing it was, especially with the things that were on my face as a kid and I couldn't hide it. And, and then, you know, of course, all the adverse reactions and the medications. And thankfully my parents didn't give up uh, looking for solutions for me. And that's what eventually led them to find a holistic practitioner. And that's the one thing that finally turned my health around. And I remember at a young age thinking, why did it take this long for this option to be presented to us? Why wasn't holistic medicine given to us as an an option right from the beginning? So much unnecessary suffering. And um, so that's what led me on the path to become a naturopathic physician. And I've been practicing as a naturopathic physician for 20 years. And I didn't focus on skin until about six, seven years ago. I started realizing that the way that people perceived skin and the conventional approach was if someone has a skin problem, you just cover it up or suppress it with a topical steroid or some sort of treatment without really realizing what's behind it. And so I wanted to get this message out to more people that skin is an outer reflection of inner health. And I remember that so well, learning that as a child, and I've seen it so much in my patients over the years. And I, it's so great that we have skin, our largest organ, as a tool to give us feedback about our overall health. Wow. Thank you for sharing. And I'm so glad that you have gone through the trenches, came out, have come out the other side, and now you're helping thousands of people with their own skin and their overall health. Um, I have a question. And And I suppose you've already answered it in a way, but I see tons of ads, right? And they're like, you know, use this, uh, use this cleanser to get rid of your acne, use this for dry skin, use this for that. When someone has a skin issue, how do you approach it as opposed to like approaching it just from a superficial level? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to go and down this path and helping people understand what they're doing internally as well as externally, because it's really both. And I feel that if people are just addressing it, skin issues from the inside out, they're also missing an opportunity because what we put on our skin is important too. So it's really both. I, but I believe that it's 
80% mostly internal. And then that extra part is external. So it's not, it's not one or the other. It's really both, but it starts from within. And if you don't do that part, it doesn't matter what kind of cream or ointment or anything that you try to do on the outside. If you're not addressing the problems from the inside out, it's just going to show those root causes, these underlying causes. If it, it might get suppressed temporarily on your skin, but it's going to show up in your health, either in your skin or some other way. So for example, in, in my practice, I had, I've had patients that have to- told me stories about as a child, they had eczema. And then they were given topical steroids, which suppressed the symptom. And then later on, they developed asthma because that root cause is still not addressed. And so that internal inflammation, the microbiome imbalances with the gut, all of that, that's not being addressed. And then still, if it's continued to be suppressed, maybe they get an inhaler and they just suppress that symptom, then maybe later on, oftentimes they'll develop an autoimmune condition or some other health issue. So, you know, the earlier we start to address these things from a root cause, the better off we are. It's never too late. We can still do it later on. It's just easier. And it's just skin is right there on the surface. And it's giving us messages almost every day. Mm, I love that. And I love the example of of your client with the eczema. So when you say from within, and you gave the example of gut health, um, when you're saying clean skin from within, what aspects are you looking at? I guess I know that gut health has a massive impact on skin, but what else is there? Yeah. So I found that there are six root causes behind skin issues and not everybody that has a skin problem or imperfect skin uh, has all six of these root causes. And that's why in my book, I talk about five different skin types. I created five different skin types to help people identify which of these root causes are a problem. Because I know not everybody can come and see me as a patient and give me their full history. So I wanted to, in my book, simplify it as much as possible to help people figure out which of these root causes are the biggest problem for them. And people can go online and take my skin quiz at theskinquiz.com. Theskinquiz.com, it's a free online quiz. And I talk about the skin types in my book, Clean Skin From Within. Also, to help people find out, so the five skin types are Amber, Olivia, Sage, Emmett, and Heath. So it's not what you typically think of with skin. It's not dry, oily, mature, sensitive. It's not those types of skin types. It's different because, first of all, I see my patients as people, not just a skin issue. And also, if if you know, it's really coming from a root cause perspective. Dry or oily; those are just descriptions of how the skin appears, but that doesn't explain what's going on beneath it. So that's why I created these skin types to help people identify that. And yes, gut microbiome is one of the big root causes behind a lot of skin issues, for sure. Okay. And so, what are some of the other root causes um, outside of gut health? Yeah, so oxidative damage definitely 
that is part of really the aging process, exposure to the sun, exposure to toxins, that that is definitely an issue with uh, what we call the stage skin type in particular. Uh, also, blood sugar issue imbalances, that can be a big trigger for certain skin problems. And inflammation is another one, nutritional deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, the gut microbiome, as I mentioned. And so these are some of the, the, you know, the big root causes behind skin issues. And like I said, not everybody has all of them, but when you find out which of those are, which of those are your big root causes, as you can hear me describe some of these root causes, you can tell they're not just related to skin, right? We, we know that these root causes are also connected to many other chronic health issues. I'm curious about the nutritional deficiencies because uh, I, I think as a woman, I'm finally attuned to how my hormones can impact my skin. We see it as women throughout the cycle um, uh, and I suppose particularly as teenagers, you know, we see that a lot. But at nutritional deficiencies, what nutritional deficiencies are, are key for skin health? Well, one of the most common ones is, are when we're looking at essential fatty acids, those are really important for our skin health. And many people are not getting the right balance of those really great fats, the good fats, the omega-3s, those types of essential fatty acids. And so we're, we're creating um, imbalances, we're creating deficiencies. And, you know, when we look at deficiencies, it's not just when people aren't getting it in their diet, because of course that's important, but also are they digesting and absorbing the nutrients from their food? And so that's also important. And I find that essential fatty acids are not only deficient in people's diets, but are also one of the things that people oftentimes have a hard time digesting and absorbing. So essential fatty acids, another big one is zinc. We need zinc to help with the skin healing wound repair. And so that's another one that we oftentimes see. Uh, and there are certain B vitamins that are important for skin. There are so many different ones. Just to give an example, there is a, a condition called keratosis pilaris, which is these little bumps that people oftentimes have. Usually it appears a lot of time for a lot of people on the backs of their arms. And they are these teeny little bumps. Sometimes people think, oh, I just need to exfoliate more. <laughs> but actually it can be due to essential fatty acid deficiency, zinc deficiency, certain um, nutritional deficiencies can be related to that. And so if we can get those back in the diet, improve digestion and absorption, then we can help help heal some common skin conditions like that. Mm, I love it. I love it. I have noticed across uh, social media that I think people in quarantine at the moment are struggling with their skin. Uh, people are complaining of dry skin or breakouts or dull skin. Um, why do you think, I don't know if people, uh, anyway, why do you think people in quarantine are maybe having more issues with their skin than normal? Well, I think one of the reasons, well, I think there are multiple reasons. One of them is we're tend to be more stressed right now because of all the issues going on. And with stress, that ties into hormonal imbalances. And, and also it can, it can also trigger issues with the gut and inflammation, a number of different things. But so particularly when we look at uh, 
a stress triggers excess cortisol production. And when we, we get these, these increases in cortisol production, it can worsen inflammatory skin conditions. So people with, with inflammatory skin conditions are noticing worsening. A lot of people are noticing like eczema and acne and things that are, there's an inflammatory component to, they're oftentimes noticing that's worse. Now, when you talk about things like maybe dry skin, that could actually be partly nutritional. Maybe people aren't, uh, doing, not getting the right kind of fats in their diet. They're not drinking enough water. Maybe also their skincare routine is, it could be a component of that too. Maybe they typically were going in and get hydrating facials and we're doing a better job of going out and getting their skincare products. And now they're just kind of stuck at home without, (laughs) without all the the things that they typically use. Because I, I can say, of course, there's so much that we do from the inside out, but skincare products are important too. And that was something that I didn't really necessarily realize as, as a naturopathic physician until I started to do research on skincare products because my patients were saying to me, Dr. Cates, I know you recommend natural skincare products, but I'm finding that they just don't work like the other products I was using. So I started doing some research on why is it that some skincare products, especially the natural ones, why they aren't working? And I found out that there are certain key things with skincare products that we we want. And we definitely want clean products. We also want them to be the right formulations, the right nutrients in the products, as well as the right pH to support healthy skin. And you want to be consistent with it too. And so it's one of the things that we've been trying to remind our people with, with my skincare line, because I, I have my, you know, my natural skincare line that I created. And we've been reminding our customers, don't, this is a great time. You do your, your routine twice a day, keep up with it. Now more than ever is it's a good time to do it really instill these healthy habits. And I think there's some people at, at, during the quarantine that are, doing more to support their health and then other people that are just kind of not as paying as much attention to it. So it depends on where people are on that spectrum, right? On that self-care spectrum. Great. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm loving this because I've just gotten into skincare myself. Yes. I'm um, <laughs> watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. True. I, was, I have to look after myself. <laughs> like Jonathan says, I need to look after my skin. <laughs> I'm curious from our previous docu-series we created um, on hormone, the hormonal system and a lot of what we found, a lot of chemicals get on our skin that are endocrine disrupting. I'd love to you to talk about more about, you know, what people could be putting on their skin, including sk- typical skincare products that could actually be disrupting their their hormonal system their or their skin microbiome. Absolutely. Yes. So of course you talked about hormones and that that's why I talk about hormones being one of the big root causes and the underlying causes behind skin issues. And part of it is hormones that as our hormones change, but also their concerns about hormones and uh, endocrine disrupting chemicals in our environment and our exposure to those and how that impacts our health and impacts that, that inability for our hormones to be in a healthy balance. So we are exposed to this group of chemicals, endocrine disrupting chemicals, which are basically hormone disrupting chemicals. We're exposed to these more now than we ever have been. 
and they're in our air, water, food, personal care products. And while we don't have control over all of our exposure to these, we do have control in certain places like the foods we eat, the water we drink, what we bring into our homes, and the personal care products we use. And so I think that in those areas are are really key for helping people reduce these exposures. And the thing with endocrine disrupting chemicals is that they will bind to hormone receptors in the body and they create problems with the way that the hormones function. So they'll mimic hormones or they'll they'll alter the way that um, those receptors can act. And so it's been linked, endocrine disrupting chemicals have been linked to a number of hormonal issues from infertility to early early puberty in young people in both both boys and girls. There's uh, more breast cancer, prostate cancer, there's thyroid disease, really anything you think of. There's so many ways that hormones impact our body, and you, you all delve deeply into that. All those different ways, hormone receptors can be impacted by this group of chemicals. So when it comes to, and I think you're asking me specifically about personal care products, when it comes to skincare products, there are, are certain ingredients that you can kind of look for to avoid, but certainly you want to choose clean, natural, organic skincare products as much as possible. And one of the problems is in the United States, the word natural actually has no real meaning in that um, there's no FDA regulations around what people can, you know, what people have to do to say that their product is natural. There are some regulations around organic, but not natural, not hypoallergenic. So it's good to look at the ingredient labels to understand that you might be exposed to these. So an example of that would be fragrance is an an ingredient. Well, it's listed as one ingredient, but it's actually a bunch of different ingredients that don't actually, they don't have to all be listed on the, on the label, just one ingredient, fragrance. Within fragrance, there are hormone, these some endocrine disrupting chemicals like diethyl phthalate. Diethyl phthalate, DEP, is used in a fragrance to help the smell last longer, but it is one of these known endocrine disrupting chemicals. So I encourage people to look for fragrance free or look for those that are scented naturally with organic essential oils. There are plenty of other options now. That's the great news. I think if I had been trying to make natural skincare products 10 years ago, it would have been a lot harder than it is now. So we have more options available, more um, more companies are understanding how we can make clean products. So that's the good news is I think we have more options than we used to. Great. Excellent. And, and I'm, I'm curious, what I found curious about this whole EDC thing is that it is just so poorly regulated. And mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, why do you think that is in the skincare industry? Why, of all things that we're putting directly on our bodies, that it just seems to be almost like the wild, wild west um, in terms of what people w- will stretch the limits to put on our skin? Why do you think that is? I think there are a lot of myths 
about skin or misunderstandings or just lack of knowledge and understanding of how our skin works. Our skin is our largest organ, and we have to remember that it is it it is um, it is part of our body. is intricately connected to everything we have. We put hormone creams on our skin, nicotine patches on our skin because we that is a way that we can get we can absorb these into our bloodstream into our bodies but we forget that some lo- you know some lotion we put on a sunscreen that ingredients from that can also get into our bloodstream and i think we just a lot of times people don't make the connection on what they put on their skin that it'll actually make it into their bodies but i i encourage people and this is a little bit extreme but think about it Every time you get ready to put something on your skin, think about, would you put it in your mouth? (laughs) And of course, skincare products aren't designed, none of them, even the natural ones aren't designed to be eaten, but it makes you stop to think, what am I putting on my body? And if, if it's, if I don't know what's in it, maybe I should learn what's in it and, and look for clean options. Cause I can tell you that a lot of the ingredients that we put in our skincare products are actually things that people take as supplements, like CoQ10, vitamin E, um, you know, some of the herbs, white tea, black tea, there's, you know, ashwagandha. These are things that people take as supplements. And even essential oils, there are some that are, you know, can be okay to consume in small quantities. But when you look at something like synthetic fragrance, you wouldn't want to consume that. You wouldn't even want to open your mouth when you're spraying it, right? So we we need to be more mindful, and I think that's one of the the problems that people um, that people have is that we forget to make that connection. Mm, I love it. Thank you. So for our viewers watching that are just like, oh my gosh, Dr. Kate's, I am putting toxins all over myself every day. Um, what would you say um what would you say would be the minimum skincare routine that you would recommend so what what should the essential skincare look like um and uh what sort of ingredients i know your ingredients sound awesome like of course i want to put superfoods on my skin why not <laughs> like if that's an option then why not um but what what would be a, a basic level this is the essentials of what you have to do yeah absolutely great question and i I believe in simplicity. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate skincare and and it's different for men and women. So women typically like the process of using a lot of products. Whereas and, and not always. I'm I'm I typically tend to be I've always been more of the simple routine, but I think I find that a lot of my friends they love to try different products whereas men are, you know, give me one or two products. What, what is it that I have to, that I need? So, but, so I think though that you can really keep it simple and then whatever else you use is sort of, that's up to you. That's sort of a personal choice, but make sure it's clean. So the basics are going to be a really good cleanser. And I think we're talking mostly about the face, but of course you want to address the skin on your entire body. But of course there are faces is, uh, what gets the most exposure to the sun, which what people see the most. So a lot of times the focus is on the face and the skin on our face is slightly different, quite different actually than the rest of the skin on the rest of our body, but it still needs a lot of attention. So, but we're talking about the face. 
a good cleanser is key. So here, this is one of the big mistakes though that people make is a cleanser that is is too harsh. A lot of cleansers are actually stripping the skin. And so we we have, we talked briefly about the gut and the, there's the gut microbiome with all those beautiful microorganisms that live in and protect our gut health. Well, we also have a skin microbiome and these microorganisms live on our skin and help keep it clear, keep it from breaking out, keep it from having rashes, and also keep it aging gracefully. And so we want to provide it the kind of nourishment and the environment to flourish. And our skin has this natural mild acidity to it that creates that that acid mantle, the barrier function of the skin. So one of the biggest functions of our skin is to protect us from the outside world. So there's this mild acidity that exists in our skin naturally. So a lot of cleansers actually have a high pH. So this is too high for the, the skin. And so it strips that natural ability to flourish and also stripping the, the, the beneficial oils in the skin because we need these oils in our skin and the right balance to keep our skin healthy. So when I was looking at creating a cleanser for my skincare system, this was a really key part of it because I didn't want the typical foamy cleansers that have the high pH that strip all the oils from the skin. I created a, an oil-based cleanser that actually has, still has some mild acidity to it. So it's not going to disrupt. It still will clean the skin, but it's not going to strip it. And this is one of the the first things that people do. So what a lot of people do is they'll use these foamy cleansers that are stripping the oil, that are disrupting the pH, and then they'll use a toner to help restore the pH. So then I find that you, if you use a good cleanser, you don't actually need a toner. Then you can go into um, the second step that I like is the as a serum, and serums are designed to to, to absorb rapidly. And that's when we, so we have an antioxidant serum, so you can get lots of those protective antioxidant rich ingredients that protect the skin from oxidative damage. And then you want to hydrate. You want to hydrate with a really good, clean moisturizer. And here's the thing about moisturizers is that many of them contain petroleum byproducts, mineral oils, those types of, those types of oils. But we have so many beautiful plant-based oils that are so much healthier for our skin. And there are concerns about mineral oil having contaminants. So there are concerns about that. So just picking plant-based oils is such a nice alternative to that. So again, so a cleanser, then a serum, a moisturizer, and doing that both morning and night. And so with my system, I also have a plant-based oil blend to add extra hydration for the skin. And then you, during the day, a zinc oxide-based sunblock. So if you want to talk about sun protection, I think that that is uh, important. Of course, if you're not going outside at all, you don't have to wear it, but um, only if you're, you're going to be in the outdoors. And I think hats and things like that are also great to protect the skin. So good. Um, I'm curious as well, the, if someone was looking right now and they're listening to this and they're just totally freaking out and they're a little bit overwhelmed. And I think when people are overwhelmed, they then just shut down and they don't do anything. So I'd love like a, just a practical 
uh, Dr. Trevor, uh, you know, just, you know, like, let's do something about this and something that people <laughs> can do tonight. You know, what could they do tonight by going to their skincare cupboard and really detoxing what's there and knowing exactly what's, I guess, maybe like the dirty dozen, like it is for foods at times. What do okay. they need, really need to t- focus on mm-hmm. and how quickly can they, you know, yeah, really so clean up we're their- ditching the fragrances, we're mm-hmm. ditching the foamy cleansers. Uh, what else should we be looking for? Yeah, and also the the petroleum byproduct. That's so right. mineral, anything with mineral oil. Also, I would I would ditch those too. And then, as I mentioned, the zinc oxide based sunblock is being a better alternative. I would look at if you have anything that has oxybenzone in it. That is one of the endocrine disrupting chemicals that's in chemical uh, sunscreens. So I would definitely avoid that one as well. Um, I, I tend to believe that it's, you know, just to get rid of the paraben products too. anything that has paraben at the end of the word, I would, I would toss those too. I just don't feel like they're necessary. There are natural preservative systems that I believe are safer in the long run. I think those are, are nice. Another thing that people forget about is that skincare products don't last forever. <laughs> so I talk to women all the time, especially women that have so many products in their bathrooms and in their cupboards that have been sitting there for years. (laughs) And so it's time to clean those out. If the, if you don't, if it doesn't have an expiration date and you don't know when you bought it, uh, it's probably good to just replace it because, and here's the thing too, is especially the products that you open and you put your fingers in, because every time you open that and you're sticking your fingers in it, there is a possibility of contaminating the product. And when you're talking about natural products also, they, uh, you know, you want to be particularly careful. So most of our products, the spot doctor products are in, in pumps because that way we know people aren't sticking their fingers in there. We have one product that is a jar that you open and it comes with a little spatula. And I know that other products make those, but a lot of people just toss those. They just don't think that they're necessary, but there's a reason that we give you that. And that's so you don't put your fingers in, that you're using that and then wash it before you use it again so that you're not contaminating your products every time you're using them. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm very, I'm feeling very convicted right now, Dr. K. <laughs> I think I need to go on a little quarantine spree after we get off this call. But I have a quick question about um, sodium lauryl sulfate. Uh, I think that was one of the earlier um, ingredients that I think consumers cottoned on to. That's probably not a good idea. Um, but then I'm seeing a lots of like uh, labels will say uh, sodium lauryl sulfate free or um, SLS free, and then you turn it on, look at the label and there'll be some variation of that word on the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing or is it different? What What are your thoughts on that? There are, are varying levels of the environmental impact for sure on those. Some of these are coconut derived um, and, you know, surfactants and things. So I, you know, I think that there are probably ones that are better than others as far as environment is concerned. And I think that's one of the big concerns as well as some people have allergic reactions to some of these products. And if you tend to be someone that has sensitive skin, I think it's always a good idea to do a skin test with any product that you use. The The first place you could try is on the inside of your forearm that we tend to have 
sensitive skin there. So that's at one place. And then also just inside the, uh, the inside of your jawline, because that's closest to the, the type of skin you have on your face. And it's also hidden if you do have a reaction. So I, I tell people to apply something, wait 48 hours to look for any kind of reaction to that. And, and then also it, it goes back to also the pH of the products. Sometimes that ingredient, when that's in there, even though it might be a more environmentally friendly form, I would still encourage people to look at the pH. So if you don't know the pH of your products, you can simply get little pH strips. And if the product is 100% oil, you can't test the pH of, of an oil product. But anything that is a cleanser, lotions, those typically, your serums, toners, those you can test the pH. Just get a pH strip and test it. And if it's 5.5 or higher, it's going to be too high for a healthy uh, skin microbiome. Great. Thank you. Um, another quick question. We, we love these quick questions, which turn into like obviously amazing <laughs> they're not, answers. They're not that quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people in our community are postmenopausal women and they're bombarded by messages every day about aging, wrinkles. Um, what's your, how, what's a natural approach to aging um, and how maybe someone might be looking, uh, you know, might be paranoid about wrinkles or they're thinking, what can I naturally do about them? What do you tell your clients and what's your perspective on that from a natural perspective? Absolutely. So I, I'm 47 and I remember when I turned 40, I remember thinking, oh, wow, it's, I think at every turn of a decade, you start to look, especially you start to look at your skin thinking, oh my gosh, look at the changes happening in my skin. I've got more wrinkles or are looking closely at your skin. And I would say the first thing is remember that aging processes actually is natural. <laughs> so doing things like Botox certainly is an option for people. I don't I'm not particularly convinced that it's 100% safe, <laughs> as a lot of people will say. But um, if you're, you know, looking at what is natural, aging is a natural process. At the same time, I understand that nobody wants to look older than they actually are. So we all want that kind of youthful radiance, and a lot of that youthful radiance comes from inside of our our confidence, our self esteem, and that is that can cover up wrinkles in a magical way. So that's the first thing is is finding that confidence from within and not feeling the need to get rid of and or criticize every wrinkle, every change that happens with each decade is to realize it's part of the process. Okay, I still know we want our little natural tricks and and tips. So going back to a healthy skin microbiome and that natural mild acidity, things that help support that are also going to help with graceful aging. So looking at the pH of your products and using natural actives, things like antioxidant-rich antioxidant oils, some of these plant-based oils like cranberry seed oil, pomegranate seed oil, raspberry seed oil, sea buckthorn fruit oil, which is so high in vitamin C and these beautiful omegas that are going to help nourish the skin over time. Now, is it, is it, you're going to notice a difference overnight? Maybe not, but over time you will notice that. And then of course, again, from the inside out, 
What are you eating to help nourish your skin from the inside out? If your body is as we age, we have more oxidative damage. So eating more antioxidants. We also tend to our skin starts to break down. The collagen starts to break down in our skin, which causes more wrinkles and sagging skin. So to help protect against that, we want to eat foods that help help promote collagen production like vitamin C or things like bone broth. Um, and then we also want to manage our blood sugar because when we have these spikes in our blood sugar, that actually speeds up the aging process too. So there are plenty of things that you can do naturally and remember to have realistic expectations as well. Awesome. Well, that has been so jam-packed I've loved this call and as a I'll be honest I haven't put my skin first I'm very much for the inside out kind of gal I think I need to up my ante on the outside in aspect of things so thank you for giving us some very manageable directions there and I'm so appreciative uh for anyone listening I definitely recommend you check out Dr Kate's line I'll be doing that myself over at the spa doctor.com is that correct Dr Kate's Yes. And doctor is abbreviated DR. So it's T-H-E-S-P-A-D-R.com. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, uh, you've definitely opened our eyes to new ways to look at our skin. And definitely, uh, I, I think that was a very empowering call because for anyone that's had, you know, lots of flare ups and they don't know what's wrong and they're trying all these creams or different, like cycling through all these things. There's so many root causes we can look into. And I think, I think that's ultimately such a hopeful message. So say, thank you so much, Dr. Cates. Absolutely. Thanks for interviewing me. Have me on.